The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. It is May the 9th. We are talking about the Green Bay Packers schedule for 2023. We're going to predict the entire thing. We're going to go from week one to week 17, go through it all, uh, talk about the potential matchups, talk about what times they're playing, if they're going to get the primetime games. We'll get into all of that. We're going to also talk about if you feel better or worse about the Bucks round one loss like we did last week. We'll basically run back that segment because I think it's interesting to talk about it now. Uh, we'll also do a little bit on some Bucks drama that's going on online. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Brewers beating the Dodgers and why it feels good to get a little bit of sports hate out by beating the Los Angeles Dodgers. Before we get going, just a reminder, follow along on social media, tap your keg on Twitter, tap your keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. TikTok will have your reviews, it will have your different segments. Reels will have those great highlights that you're looking for. Um, also, you know, things that have happened on the podcast. We're trying to get more of those, trying to juice up that Instagram page when we can. Um, and Twitter is just you hanging out with me at the bar. Um, that's basically what you get on Twitter. I realize that is about as cliche as it fucking gets, but seriously, that is the experience of hanging out with me at a bar is usually you're going to get me, you know, just shooting the shit and talking about madness, right? I was talking to Jimmy today about the Lonessance, about Lonnie Walker, uh, and his performance in, in the fourth quarter of the Lakers and Warriors. As for the podcast itself, make sure that you are subscribed. I would assume that you are if you're a loyal listener. Uh, If you're still checking out, you're still feeling out what we're all about. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, Also, uh, if you already subscribed, drop it in the group chat. Do your own predictions uh, for the Packers schedule. Let me know what you guys come up with. Maybe it looks a little different. I'm telling you, it is a very fun exercise. I will explain how I started it, how you can do it. It's a great time killer too. If you're working and you just need 30 minutes to yourself, create yourself your own own Packers schedule and share it out with me on Twitter, tabbing the keg, or or Instagram, tabbing the keg sports. I uh, would love to see what you guys come up with. And we'll I, honestly, if if people come up with different schedules. I will take those in and we will compare notes and see who's right. Um, Because I'm telling you, it's a really fun activity. Uh, And it's harder than you think. Uh, Because I had to do stuff. I was like, if I was missing a team, it ended up being that it was a bye week. Um, So yeah, it's it's a uh, fun little time waster if you got got some time in the next couple of days. Because this will run until, you know, Thursday when Mitch and I get on and do tapping the keg. And then the schedule won't come out until Thursday night. And then we'll talk about it on Friday. Uh, kind of going over sort of the big headlines of the Packers 2023 schedule and my annual tradition of everybody thinking the Green Bay Packers are going to go like 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10, because that'll probably be what'll happen. All right, let's dive into the schedule itself. So I did this last year. Um, Greg Matzik is the motivation behind this. Uh, Greg is a 620 WTMJ anchor and does this every year. I think Greg's been doing it for... I think he's like six or seven years at this point. He he kind of prides himself on it. He tries to try to at least nail, I think he says two or three games is kind of the goal um, to get like the weeks lined up to maybe get like who they're playing on like a Monday night or a Sunday night or something like that. And I think there's a lot of questions about this Packer schedule. It'll be interesting to see what the schedule makers do because on one hand, you have a Green Bay team that is still public. Like people are still going to watch the Green Bay Packers no matter what. Will they watch them at the ferocity that they did with Aaron Rodgers? No. But will they still put asses in the seats? Will the ratings still be good for the Green Bay Packers? Yes, I believe that that is the case. 
Um, but then you also have the fact that maybe Green Bay is not going to be as good, that there is a potential rebuild on the horizon. Now, you know how I feel about that. I gave my opinion on the podcast yesterday. You can go and listen to it. But I do think that the schedule makers are going to be hesitant to put the Packers on primetime slots later in the season. I think you're going to see less and less Packer primetime events as the season goes on. I do have a couple scheduled, but those can easily be flexed out, right? And the game I have is a very, very easy flex for them if they so choose choose it. So that is kind of the thought process here. Um, For those that want to do this at home, here's how I set it up. And I can't remember if this is how Matzik does it. I'm sure he'll talk about it on Thursday when right before the schedule comes out. But how I basically put this all together is I look at the division first. I start with the division. I know that there's going to be a divisional game at the end of the season. That's number one. I also can try to, you know, imagine maybe there's a divisional game early on and try to plot out the divisional games and sort of make it see, make there not be so wide gaps of divisional games. And that's kind of where I begin. And then after that, I start going down different matchups, different hypothetical situations and place the Green Bay Packers and place the schedule. Do I think I'm going to get a lot of these right? No. But do I, do I, will I take like, hey, I got it right that this team is playing that team in September or in October or in November, whatever it may be? Absolutely. So we will kick off and how I think Green Bay will begin the season is at home at Lambeau Field. I think that is a lock. I will, I will stand on the table that they are playing at Lambeau Field the first week of the season because of the Jordan Love thing. And be, it's just, it's too big of a storyline not to have the Packers at home. Remember, when Aaron Rodgers in 20, 2008 uh, began his Packer career, it was Monday night in Lambeau Field. I do not think it's going to be on Monday night. I've heard from the one schedule leak I have so far, and they're going to leak out, is that it's going to be Jets-Giants on Monday night on for the first game of the year. So I don't think they're, the Packers are going to get that Monday night slot. I do think they're going to get one of the 325 slots. Because remember, they do double headers for both Fox and CBS. Interesting note from uh, the people kind of running, I guess Schefter would be the guy to credit it from this, is that they don't have to only be on Fox and CBS, um, that it's kind of agnostic this year. Uh, Michael Mulville of Fox Sports said that they need to have a minimum threshold on each channel. So there is a little bit still the traditional aspect. I asked Michael on Twitter, which I don't usually like reach out to people. Uh, and I was like, what is the minimum? Because then I would have put Fox and CBS. I didn't mark any Fox or CBS stuff. So maybe that's cheating on my behalf. But I do think that Fox could see Packers Bears as a way to kick off the season, knowing that you're going to compete likely against the Bengals or the Buffalo Bills or maybe the Dallas Cowboys or something else, maybe the Eagles, right? Since you do have that sort of more agnostic thing, they could look at it and say, all right, we're going to get a really, really good team in that 325 slot on CBS. And so then the Packers are sort of that, I guess you still will get the ratings. It kind of backs you up. And that's why I think it would be Packers Bears. I think it's an ushering in a new era of NFC North football with Justin Fields. I think Pack, you know, Packers Bears always is one that the schedule makers look to make in prime time. And so that's how I'm starting the year. Packers Bears, Lambeau Field, 325 on Sunday. So that's that's how we begin. Uh, September 17th, the next week, I have the Green Bay Packers heading to Carolina. Uh, actually, if the Packers do get Carolina this early, 
Um, it would be great for them. I think that would be excellent. Um, you know, Carolina will be still in transition. I think Frank Wright has said Andy Dalton is going to begin as the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't know if that's how long-lived that will be. But if you get the Packers and that defense, that should be a lot better. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields to start the year. It's pretty solid. That's a, it's a good way to potentially go 2-0. Um, so, yeah, I have Carolina early on in the season. Green Bay never seems to play well at Carolina. Um, so that's what I have there. Then I have the following week uh, at a 305 slot, which Green Bay hasn't played a 305 game in a very long time. But I have a 305 game because I, I do think there are going to be one or two 305 games in Green Bay's mix because they do play some West Coast games this year. And I, I just don't see the Packers having that big of a draw to continually get 325 games. Now, maybe they do get 325 games, but they're the second game. Like it's, uh, I don't know, it's like just, I don't even know who the Cowboys play, play all, the whole schedule, right? But say it's Cowboys-Eagles. Let's just fall, fail safe on that one. It's Cowboys, Eagles, and then the underneath game is Packers, Denver, or Packers, Vegas. Um, but I, in week three, I have the Packers going to Las Vegas. So I have them going cross country to go to Las Vegas. And now looking at this schedule, I've made it a pretty brutal travel schedule for Green Bay right out the gate. Uh, Las Vegas will be 80 to 90% Packer fans, especially if it's, I think, early in the season. I, actually, I'd take that back. I think Vegas will have more Packer fans as the year goes on. First of all, because I don't think Vegas is going to be very good next year. Second of all, I think that more people are inclined to leave as you know the weather gets the weather gets colder in Wisconsin. It's simple science here. And but I do think you're going to get a ton of Packer fans for that game. I think every group chat is going to light up when they see where when the Packers are playing in Vegas. I guarantee you, each of my group chats will have the conversation about are we going to are we going to Vegas to watch Packers play. Because that's just, it's what you do, right? It's a its a great excuse. Would I want to do it? I, I don't know. I really don't. Like, does that make me a loser? Because here's the thing. I like Vegas. I love Vegas, actually. I shouldn't say I like Vegas. I love Vegas. I had a great time in Vegas. You know, for each time I went, two different friend groups. Still had an awesome time. It was a little different for each of them, but it was still really great. And I, I would not take that back for anything. I fucked fondly on those times. But when you have a football game around it, like you kind of can't get banged up, that banged up Saturday because you got to respond and rally and then you have to watch a football game the next day. You have to, you know, extend your Vegas trip probably past Sunday because there's no way you want to get on a plane to go, go home. You don't want to take the red eye home Sunday night into Milwaukee after you've been banged up at the football game. Like you want to go out and celebrate Obviously, if you lose, it sucks, and that's not fun. But still, it's Vegas, and at the end of the day, you'll be fine because there'll be some cheeks in your face at Sapphires, and you'll be okay. You'll live. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I just think you'd probably fly home early in the morning on Monday and just call it, right, and then have an extra day off. So maybe you take off, you don't take off that Friday, and you fly in Saturday. But then, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a complicated travel schedule. Maybe I'm overthinking it. May, I'm sure people have good ways to do it. I'm sure there's stuff on the internet I could read that says how to execute a perfect like Vegas Raider weekend. But yeah, that ticket's going to be really hard to get. Probably the hardest road ticket for the Green Bay Packers for the entire season. 
So as I said, I made a brutal travel schedule for the Packers. This is not an easy way for Jordan Love to start his career, but I do think they're going to bulk up the primetime games for them early on. And I do think that they care about getting the Packers on primetime. And that's why I have them playing the Vikings on Thursday night, um, fourth week of the year. I think that's a great Thursday night spot. I think that's a team that you can sell through if you're Amazon. I think Amazon enjoyed their time in Green Bay. Um, I don't know if Amazon's going to do something this year where, you know, the places they were last year, will they not go back? Will they try to kind of reverse? So like if they, I can't remember, I don't think they were in Minnesota last year, but if they weren't in Minnesota last year, will they go to Minnesota this year, for example, right? But I think you could see the Packers and Vikings getting a primetime game early in the season because A, it's a good rivalry. B, it usually brings ass in the seats. Um, again, it's that new era thing. Jordan Love's going to be a conversation. You know, Mitch and I have talked about this before when we do scheduling talk that Aaron Rodgers went through a car wash. Aaron Rodgers went on every network. We're not going to be predicting the Jets schedule, but I will bet, bet your bottom dollar that you have Aaron Rodgers on ESPN, NBC, CBS, Fox, and Amazon in the first, let's say, six weeks of the year. Because everybody will want a piece. Everybody will want a piece, and they'll want it early. And same goes for the team that we have on October 8th at a 325 game, Kansas City Chiefs. I think that is a premier spot, right? You're battling baseball. Uh, baseball, I actually don't believe it will be just around starting. You're going to want to make sure that you kind of take away that rating share. What better way than Packers and Chiefs, two of the most public teams? I think that is a lock 325 game. Could be CBS, could be Fox. Again, we're with the agnostic stuff with the channels. I'm not I'm not gonna try to guess that, but I have the Packers against Kansas City. Then they go out on the road to play Denver. Um that who knows at this point, right? Like I could say that'd be hard. I mean, that's a, I think it's always a tough place to play. I think the defense is pretty solid. Uh, but what's that offense looking like? Are they going to be revived by that point? I think Denver's a team similar to Carolina. You want to get them early. After the pretty difficult schedule, I think the Packers will have a bye. Packers will have a bye week October 22nd. That will be as good of a bye week as you're going to get. That's a smack dab in the middle of the season. and gives Green Bay some time to rest and recuperate. Then on the 29th, it's a 12 p.m. game for my 12 p.m.ers out there. So I didn't give a lot of them, which is hilarious because everybody's like, I'm looking forward to the noon games. I can't wait for the noon games. I'm telling you, the noon games will come, but I, I really believe it's going to be later in the year. Um, so I have the Packers against New Orleans on October the 29th. Then I have yet another primetime game, and it's the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh Steelers um, in Pittsburgh. Again, another two public teams NFL knows they're going to get ratings on that. It seems like a just good Monday night game, like a game that you're going to just see on Monday night because it brings, again, it brings a crowd. And so that's what I have there. Um, also, you're competing against the World Series at that point. So you're going to, and I don't, you know, I don't know how the World Series is scheduled. They usually, they've tried to avoid football of recent memory, but yeah, I have Packers on Monday night. Then I have another division game against the Chicago Bears. Um, that is a 12 p.m. game. And then I have a yet another 12 p.m. game um, 
at home against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams never seem to come to Green Bay when the weather is nice. Um, I could see if you're kind of arguing with yourself and you're like, what might you change here? You could see the Rams early on. I don't think they're going to put the Rams in prime time uh, just because they're not going to be that good. Uh, but you never know, right? Maybe that's a, th- a weird Thursday night game. Uh, they love to put the Rams and Packers on prime time. To me, it screams noon game, just given the Rams are not going to be very good this year. Um, and I don't really think there's any reason to put those two teams on primetime. So then I'm calling my shot yet again. I think last year I called this. I will try again this year. Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. Um, in Detroit, Green Bay, I think it's been since 2013 that Green Bay has played in this game. It's been a long time. Uh, it seems like a natural spot. Again, primetime, or, you know, the asses in the seats, public team. I, I think there would be curios- enough curiosity around the Packers I think it's just, it, it's been too long to not have the Packers there. And the Lions are kind of looking like they should be sort of the big dick in the cracker factory this year for the NFC. They're favorites. There's going to be a ton of smoke around the Lions, even after all of their gambling ring stuff. I think they're going to get some primetime games. Um, but if you're looking at potential Thanksgiving games, first of all, I think the Packers, obvious fit. You've seen the Vikings. You've seen the Bears on on Thanksgiving, Atlanta, Carolina, no way. Denver, maybe. Vegas, no chance. So there there really is and Seattle, I don't think so. Um, so there really isn't a, a good team. Like they have a lot of tough road games this year. It's partly why I'm going to fade the Lions. But I I look at their their home schedule and it's not that exciting. Uh Denver to me is like the one team I could see, yeah, maybe they would do that. Pretty unique matchup, but and I know Seattle and Detroit played a shootout last year, and so maybe you hope for that. But I don't think, is anyone really getting gassed up about Seattle-Detroit as a Thanksgiving Day game? I don't think so. So I can see Packers there on Thanksgiving. Come back home to play Tampa Bay. Um, I have a lot of back and forth. Like verse, like that's where I think I'm going to run myself into trouble, where there probably should be some back-to-back home games. Uh, but I'm going to go Detroit, uh, or I'm sorry, after Detroit, I'm going to go Tampa Bay on December the 3rd. Then out to Atlanta um, on December the 10th. Not terrible for Green Bay, right? They get a little reprieve from the cold. They get to play in a dome. Uh, Atlanta, who knows where they could be. They could be you know, among the worst in the NFL in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Uh, so that could actually work out for the Packers. Back home to play Detroit. Um, uh, and that was, again, another noon start. Uh, maybe you see a flex there if the Packers and Lions are both you know, among the top in the NFC North. Uh, and then going to New York for a 325 game against the Giants on Chris, on Christmas Eve. Keep in mind, there's three games on Christmas. They just announced this, that they're going to have a Monday triple ladder. I do not think the Green Bay Packers are going to be part of it because they're going to play on Thanksgiving. I think there is an either-or situation here. I do not think the NFL would be that cruel to people who have to work on game day to be Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't think they would do that. I really don't. I know the NFL is soulless. I know they're callous. But I do not think they would do. They would go to that extreme. But I, I listen. I've been wrong before, so it certainly could happen. Packers Giants does kind of sound like an ideal uh, Christmas Day game, like a noon Christmas Day game. Christmas in New York City, Home Alone two, fire it up, like get it all there. Um, but yeah, then last home game of the year a Sunday night football against the Los Angeles Chargers on December the 31st. I swear the NFL likes to troll. 
these warm weather teams and put them in the cold. And that to me seems like a ideal spot. Again, another one that the NFL could easily pivot out of. The Packers aren't very good. Chargers should be very good. Um, very, you know, difficult game for the Chargers, obviously. You know, being a team, you know, in LA heading up to the frozen tundra the last day of 2023. And the Packers end their season in Minnesota, uh, which they haven't done in a long time. I think it's been since, uh, was it 2012 when Adrian Peterson ran wild and got the Vikings a playoff spot and then the Packers beat him the next week. I was not feeling well that day. We went out really hard the night before and I puked like during the day, which I've, I didn't do often, but I did because I was, it was a mess. And we had gotten to a big argument because found out that someone stole my credit card to buy lemon drops. It's like 36 bucks. Really not that big of a deal, uh, but I lost my fucking shit. Like, just absolutely lost it on a couple of buddies. Um, which, for those who who know me, who drank drank it with me when I was younger, um, I yeah, you're not surprised. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> all that to say, uh, it's been a while since we've seen Packers Vikings end the year, and that's what I have. So let's run through it again, and I'll try to see if I can poke any more holes in my strategy. Chicago at Carolina, at Vegas, home against the Vikings on a Thursday night, home for the Kansas City Chiefs, back out to Denver, bye week, New Orleans at home, at Pittsburgh on a Monday night, at Chicago, versus the Los Angeles Rams, at the Detroit Lions, versus the Tampa Bay, at Atlanta, versus the Detroit Lions, back out against the New York Giants, home for the Chargers on a Sunday night football, and at the Minnesota Vikings. Forgot to add Detroit Thanksgiving Day game uh, in November. The only thing I'd argue with myself now looking at it is I don't have a lot of stacked, like two home two home games, two away games. I think I could have probably done a better job of that. Maybe maybe done something like put at Atlanta on December the 3rd and then home against Tampa and Detroit back-to-back weeks on the 10th and the 17th. Could have done that. Um, I think they could potentially get two Monday night games. Um, Monday night has gotten a bigger profile. Um, in terms of their games they play nice with ESPN now they don't do the Ray Rice reporting that they did back in the day so now you know the NFL scratches their backs and gives them better games I think getting the opportunity to get the Packers twice is something that I don't think the NFL I don't think the I don't think the NFL would hate I also don't think you know the Packers would hate it either so we'll see what happens Um, obviously a long way to go but I still am bullish that they're gonna get some primetime games I do not think that they are just going to be completely forgotten about. There are some games where you say, oh yeah, that's an automatic noon game. Like, if the Packers are on any sort of primetime capacity against Carolina, New Orleans, even the Rams, I think the Rams are maybe the, the weird wild card one. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, really the entire NFC, <laughs> NFC South. Um, and th- those are all that I'm like, no, no way. And I, I don't know if I said Vegas, but Vegas would also be in that category. I, I think they, unless you're trying to fit a primetime game for Vegas, it's kind of similar to the Rams, right? It's like, we need to get these guys on primetime once. I know that not every team needs to have a primetime game this year. Another thing that has changed, which I like and I don't like, I, I, I think for the teams that are struggling, right? Like your, your Houston Texans, right? Who... I actually think it could be better. I talked about that a little bit yesterday. But I think, like, that's cool as a fan that you get one game that's a primetime game. Like, I, I think that 
is sort of, you know, I know it's not a participation trophy, but that that does sort of, it's fun, man. You get to like, okay, we get to watch our team, you know, on Thursday night or we get to watch our team on Monday night. Like to me, that shit matters. And that, you know, kind of grows the game a little bit. Um, another thing I could see the Packers having, now I'm thinking about like primetime, diff- different time slots. I could see a Saturday game for the Green Bay, like being part of that, like five teams that could potentially be picked for a Saturday afternoon game. I could see Green Bay being in the mix for that. That seems that seems right up the alley of sort of this team Packers Lions on a Saturday, um, which mean that both games would be in sort of a pseudo primetime slot. But it's a budding rivalry, I think. So who knows? Maybe maybe that's something the NFL sees. Maybe we're a year away from that. But I'll look forward to see if I get anything right. Um, like I said at the open, try it for yourself. Um, it's a great time waster, um, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And look forward to recapping it on Friday. Mitch and I are going to have a segment on it too. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the games. I'll go a little deeper maybe on Thursday show and then on Friday. We will have the schedule and we will start talking about it. And I'm sure all of you will be planning your Vegas trip. All right, let's move on to basketball and talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I did this segment last week and talk about if you felt better or worse about the Milwaukee Bucks exiting out of the first round. And I'm going to ask the question again because I think things have changed a little bit. I said last week that I felt worse. And now I feel like I am getting better. And the reason why I'm getting better is because Miami Heat keep winning. Miami Heat won again. They're 3-1 against the Knicks. The Knicks seem physically broken. Julius Randle had a quote after the game. Basically said, I don't know, maybe they, they want it more than us. I'm like, why, do you even, why are you even going to game five? Julius Randle is going to get absolutely killed in the New York media. It is not going to be a pretty scene for Julius Randle. Here's what he said officially. Oh yeah, maybe they want it more. I don't know because the Miami Heat came up with more offensive rebounds and more loose balls. Where did where have we heard that before, right? The Miami Heat were not the eight seed that we thought they were. They there is a seven seed Laker team right now that's on the cusp of getting to the conference finals. There's an eight seeded Laker uh, Heat team that is getting into the cusp of the conference finals. I said this a little bit last week, and I feel it more now that basketball is becoming hockey. And that you can't use what's happened in the past for basketball. That shit is dead. The load management era is here. This is going to happen a lot more often unless the NBA finds a way to fix it. Whether that is five game series, which again, wouldn't have helped the Bucks. Bucks would have lost regardless. Or it's you know some sort of system with the in-season tournament and maybe a point system or reshaping the league. I don't know. But I, I do wonder, are they going to incentivize the teams that win the divisions and not incentivize the sandbaggers? Miami Heat just never were a consistent basketball unit. They were always, you know, banged up. You know, it was whether it was Jimmy Butler, whether it was Kyle Lowry, whether it was Bam Adebayo, they always sort of had an injury. And I really do think that not having Tyler Harrow has made them a better defensive team. And they don't have a liability in Tyler Harrow. They have they have liabilities with Kyle Lowry, with Max Struess, with Duncan Robinson, but they can kind of work around those. Tyler Harrow is out there for most of the games. So you always have to worry about Tyler Harrow's defense. Tyler Harrow is getting traded this offseason. I hope everybody realizes that. Like Tyler Harrow is probably number one of my guys to get traded next year. That isn't a buck. 
Maybe Dal Hero goes to the Bucks. I don't know. That would be the ultimate weird. Like, you think Grayson Allen was fucking weird because of the, all the Duke and Wisconsin stuff? Tyler Hero coming back to Wisconsin would, would like, top that by 1,000 because of the Badger stuff, because of – I mean, and they're still at will. According to people I talk to, like, Hero has an AU team here, and they don't really fuck with Wisconsin. At least that's what's been rumored about. I don't know a ton. I don't dip my toes in that water. But just – Food for thought. So that's how weird that would be if Tyler Harrow somehow ended up in Milwaukee. There are fake trades that I've seen Tyler Harrow end up in Milwaukee. But he won't be on, on the Miami Heat roster. So to get back to like the feeling better or worse, it's like I look at this Heat team and I just, I know this wasn't the eight seed. This doesn't excuse what the Bucks ha- what happened to the Bucks. It's fucking embarrassing. It's something we're going to have to wear. But this is in no way one of the most embarrassing losses in NBA history. I think it was Dan Schaefer who said it, and I'm not a big fan of Dan. I'll just leave it there. And I, I think in when he dips his toes into the sports world, I respect what he does politically, whatever it may be, but he kind of just should stay doing politics. Um, you know how they say stick to sports? Stick to politics. Because Dan was like, uh, he was just stuff about Bud and, and everything else. And like... He, he's like, oh, I can't believe that. Like, most embarrassing losses in NBA history. Really, man? They're fucking up 3-1 right now to the Knicks. And you'd be like, well, the Knicks weren't that good. It's like, I don't know. I watch a lot of regular season hoops. And the Knicks were pretty fucking good down the stretch. Knicks were a good road team. The Knicks, you know, had sort of a mental stamina to them. Julius Randle just decided to stop playing basketball. Whatever the fuck happened to Julius Randle against the Miami Heat, they broke him. And Julius Randle probably can't be a Nick. He's probably not going to succeed there. And Jalen Brunson's fucking great. And he's really, really solid. But you can't just win with just Jalen Brunson. And a little bit of R.J. Barrett. It's, you know. So I, I know that I think the Bucs could have done well against the Knicks. They were, they were a good matchup. Julius Randle, to that point, is cannot hold Giannis at all. Um, it's a bad, bad matchup. Uh, but yeah, I... I don't think that this this Miami Heat loss should be looked as embarrassing about the team. Is the Bucks' effort embarrassing? Yeah. What the collapse embarrassing? Yes. But I do think we need to recalibrate and rethink a little bit about this loss as the Heat keep winning. And as the Heat keep stacking wins, it's gonna look less and less like this complete and utter embarrassment. So it is helping the Bucks a little bit. Now they did the deed and fired Mike Budenholzer. Some might have a take if the Heat go to the finals. Did the Bucks make a mistake? Did they overestimate? Did they overreact to what happened? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly certainly have to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel a little bit better. I, I do. I mean, the Joe Maz stuff, which I talked about yesterday, about how he just cannot coach, I, that part bothers me a little bit. And that, that part sticks with me. But this part doesn't. And I guess the other part of it that it, that sticks with me and annoys me, makes me, I guess, feel a tinge worse, is that we had a real chance at Giannis and LeBron this year. And I, I didn't think that was going to ever happen again. 2020 was the last probably chance, right? When the bubble, a lot of people thought Lakers-Bucks was going to be the finals matchup. Obviously it wasn't because of, you know, the heat collapsed that year too. It's like history is just repeating itself all over again. Uh, and, you know, basically some people have said 
It's justification for the bubble. I saw that stupid fucking take. I don't know if I talked about that. Saw that on like a Saturday, so I wasn't podcasting. And it was maybe the worst take I've seen in a, in a long fucking time. Uh, that's just absolutely has no bearing on what's going on in 2023. Um, different teams, just the same uniforms, okay? Like, or I mean, different players, pardon me. Same uniforms. Like, it's that's just how it is. Yes, some of the players are the same, but see, you can't, that's comparing fucking apples to a pork chop, right? So, uh, anyways, I, so yeah, I, I feel a little bit better. Uh, I also think it's worth noting that if you're a Boston Bruins fan, you're probably feeling the same way. Panthers are up 3-0 right now on the Maple Leafs. They're trying to close out and sweep the Maple Leafs as an eight seed. It's just the same type of shit, man. And I, I really, really think that you have to think, think a bit differently now. Now that the Heat keep winning... It's not like it's like, oh man, the Bucks blew a golden opportunity. If the Heat, if the Knicks were up 3-1 right now, heading home to New York, we'd be looking back and being like, what the fuck did the Bucks do? We'd feel worse. But because the Heat winning, we feel a little bit better. Moving on to some Bucks drama uh, online. You don't see a lot of Bucks drama. But according to a weird account called NBA Alerts, where basically they track alerts for different players when people unfollow, when people follow, uh, when people you know like tweets, I think. I don't know. Uh, but basically, Bob Portis unfollowed Giannis Antetokounmpo on Instagram. Now, a lot of people were in the mentions saying Giannis is going to XYZ team, Portland, Golden State, Miami, you name it. Um, that's loser behavior. First of all, that's hilarious. Second of all, maybe there's a little more of a rift about the Bucks than we know. There were some rumors I saw floating that Giannis played a part in getting Bud fired. Um, we also have, you know, people are trying to make sort of this clock is ticking thing for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I guess Bill Simmons had a fake trade sending him to Orlando, but forgot that John Hammond is in Orlando, uh, which was interesting. Uh I love Bill, but that's that's a miss, man. You got to at least have to talk about that. And I, have to, I haven't listened to that part yet, though. I've, hand up. So I, I will by the time I talk with Mitch. Uh, sometimes with podcasts, man, I just I don't get that consistent. Like, I, I just sit down and listen for two hours. Um, I, I struggle with that at times. I don't make that big of a deal out of it, but it might be a right on the wall for Bobby Portis. Uh, it might have happened at the, after the game. It might have happened after the season. Uh, the Bucks didn't do exit interviews. Uh, we have no idea really where the Bucks sit. It, I hope you know Eric Name has had an ear to Giannis for a while now. I hope Eric's you know writing a Giannis story. I hope they talked. I hope that you know we get one of those Q and As. Uh, Giannis has been also good to the Athletic besides Name, so maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's David Aldridge, right? Who I thought wrote a, a good piece about failing uh, around the Bucks and George Carl, uh, coincidentally enough. So right before Bud got fired, actually. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought David did a pretty good job there. Um, I thought he was a little bit more head in the sand about Bud, uh, like a lot of national media members. I thought Zach Lowe basically saying he went out to dinner with Bud was quite interesting. Uh, but I don't, we haven't sniffed out any Bucks drama. This maybe is the tip of the iceberg. Maybe we'll start learning more. Um, maybe Bobby is just sort of, you know, upset and doesn't really want to see anything, you know, related to the team. 
He tweeted out, I think, blessed right after that. Uh, if I, I go back to his Twitter account, let's see if, if there has been any clear up in the Bobby and <laughs> Bobby and Giannis drama. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it became a little bit of a big deal on, on part of the NBA Twitter world. Like if you type in Bobby Portis' name, you just see that. He said he just typed in blessed. And the last time he did the blessed comment was on April 21st. So he, and that was right before the playoffs, right? Yep, that was the Friday, uh, oh no, it was a Friday before game three. And then he did blessed. And then shortly thereafter, it was that he unfollowed Giannis. So it seems like, it seems like there's something going on here. Um, and we'll see what happens and we'll see where it goes. Um, it probably means that Bobby is leaving. Um, and I'll tell you right now, we're going to have an honest conversation about Bobby Portis. And I will tell you that you're on the right side of history. If you're okay with Bobby leaving and you are a fucking casual, if you're heartbroken about Bobby leaving, we'll just leave it there. And we'll talk about it some other time. It's it's a it's a longer fucking conversation, but I promise you that I can convince you that Bobby Portis is a not necessarily the guy you want guy you want on your team. So uh, I will I will get into more of that. I, I love his emotion. I love you know the mo- some of the moments he had this season, but it's pretty clear that once Bobby got paid, he was a little bit different of a guy. It's just let's just we'll we'll leave it there. I'm very good at doing that in my personal life too, where I'll be like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And then I'll like kind of talk about it. And then I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And then I'll kind of talk about it. Uh, so I'll stop. I'll shut up uh, and move on to Brewers uh, because we're already pretty long in the tooth on this episode here on Tuesday. All right, let's wrap up with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers got it done tonight. I really wanted them to win this one uh, with LA coming in late from San Diego. I felt like this was... A bit of a, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as the same must win, but I, I felt like it was a game Brewers should have, and they did win 9-3. to three. Uh, Got it done. I said 9-1 to one on the review, which was bad on my, my behalf. I'm so sorry if you listened to that. But the Brewers were able to string together two big innings. It was just the fifth inning and the seventh inning. Brewers got three runs in the third, fifth inning on a Joey Weimer home run, Weimer home run, and then they got a Weimer RBI, a Yelich two-run RBI, and then a Willie Adonis three-run home run to absolutely end this one um and really good stuff it's always fun to beat up on the Padres um if I wasn't going to do a predicting the schedule segment I was going to talk about just ranking all the MLB teams that I dislike and the Dodgers are way up there I'm not gonna lie to you like first of all I look at the Dodgers let's just talk about it in the kind of in a nicer way I look at the Dodgers and I respect their their organization their franchise like I I, I do it's hard not to They've been the pinnacle of success. Have they bought their teams? Yes. I've called them the evil, the new new age evil empire. I think it's very true. They are as, you know, like the 90s Yankees without the winning. And I also think though, part of it is it's harder to win these days. I think the Yankees success will never really be duplicated again. The Astros actually, I think have come close, but they haven't always won. Had the Astros won against the Nationals, had the Astros won against the Braves, I think we could talk about them in the same sort of arena as those 90s Yankees teams. But I think the the Dodgers are more like that than, than the Yankees are. The Yankees aren't really the evil empire anymore. 
Um, they will always get that tagline, but they're they're not that to me. They are a meek version of that. So I look at the Dodgers like that, and I, I respect that they've done a really good job of putting together baseball teams and getting you know a combination of you know the star talent like your Mookie Betts. And then the random ass, Michael Bush, who's a big-time recruit uh, prospect. James Outman, who's also a big big prospect. And getting those guys and sort of working them in to their system. But still, I dislike him for 2018. Game 7, Chris Taylor catch. Chris Taylor, of course, pinch hit, fucking hits a home run, right? Like, that's Chris Taylor. And that's what he'll always do against Spurs. And it will always haunt my dreams. I see that Chris Taylor catch at least once or twice a baseball season. And especially when he's up to the plate. You never really forget about it. Because if he doesn't catch that ball, Brewers probably win game seven. Brewers go to the World Series. I realize that was the cheating Astros that won that World Series. But still, you would have got to a World Series. We wouldn't be talking about 1982 as much. We're talking about 2018. We'd always remember 2018. So until the Brewers can A, go back to an NLCS and B, get to a World Series, the Dodger hate's always going to be there. I don't know if it'll ever go away. And I don't know if you win a series, do you exercise your demons? If it's the NLCS, not really, right? Like you're seeing kind of the Padres go through that. The Padres beat them in an NL, NLDS. Excuse me, I said NLCS. NLDS. NLCS, yes. Totally, it's gone. It's, it's over. NLDS, though, Everybody still looks at you like, well, it's, you know, it was a five-game series. Like, Dylan Hernandez wrote a joke of a column. And I, I, you know, I don't care. He's an LA Times columnist. But my guys from Divine posted it. And then I kind of responded to it because it was like, he's like, oh, the, the Padres are the baseball version of the Chargers. I'm like, what? We're, we're reacting like that over a fucking early May baseball game? And so, like, I guess that sometimes that's the problem I see that Padres fans have with Dodgers fans um, from my following of my toe-in to Padres Twitter is that they just have a real problem with the Dodgers' arrogance. And it's similar. It's Cardinals-esque. Um, when Matt and I, Matt of Matt of Divine Sports Gospel, talked on the pod last year, we, we talked about how the similarities of the Cardinals-Brewers rivalry was there. But I think the Dodgers and Padres is much more visceral. Uh, Brewers and Cardinals have been a little tame uh, in the last few years, and we haven't seen each other in the playoffs. But yeah, the the hate's always, I think, going to be there for the Dodgers until you until we're able to beat them in the playoffs, or you know we're we're able to you know get to a World Series. And it doesn't have to be beating the Dodgers; it's just getting back to the NLCS or fin- finally finishing and getting to that world, that elusive World Series that now the Brewers have been in. 41 years long long time uh as kind of mentioned uh i really good stuff from joey weimer tonight i i hope this is like the start of a breakout for joey uh i you don't want to get too excited but it, it looked really good uh and that's exciting uh yelich continues to climb er uh, average wise it's bad 242 uh it seems like when he comes up with guys on base he's driving them in uh, Willie has fixed whatever was going on when he was slumping. It's now not a problem anymore. So good stuff. Freddie pitched well. Uh, continues to kind of be the reliable guy for this Brewers pitching staff. Now tomorrow night, uh, or tonight that is, you have Mr. Caller Daddy himself, Noah Syndergaard, on the mound. 
uh, facing off against Eric Lauer. I would give anyone uh, money to heckle Syndergaard about Alex Cooper. Uh, ask him his thoughts about her getting married. Um, you would be a legend for that. Bruja, actually an underdog. People forget, though, no one does Eric Lauer pitch better against than the Los Angeles Dodgers. He owns the fucking Dodgers. Dodgers have been good against left. No, they've struggled against lefties this year so far. They have one of the lower OPS. They're kind of like the Brewers. But Eric Lauer has faced the Dodgers, the variety of Dodgers, 116 times. They are 27 for 116 against Lauer. Now, they do have five home runs. Max Muncie actually has the most out of that. But they're batting 233 with 28 strikeouts, only 10 walks. So Lauer has had the number of the Dodgers in the past. It would be great to get this one with Kershaw on the mound on, on, for, on Wednesday. And it is against Wade Miley and the ace of the Brewers, a true pitching showdown uh, Wednesday afternoon. But yeah, I uh, think this is one the Brewers hopefully could get. And then you have three straight wins. And then they're kind of kind of getting yourself back to reality and you're winning baseball games again. And I think you're winning series again. I think that's really, it's really what it's all about is I don't necessarily need the Brewers to win nine straight games now. I just need them to keep winning series. If they keep winning series, I think we're, we're going to be okay. All right, that should do us uh, for the podcast. Uh, I, I will do a little Chuck's Corner here. I Just the Harbaugh comment. Jim Harbaugh talked about how great it is to mow lawns today um, in, in an interview, uh, and I couldn't agree more. Mowing lawn is as therapeutic as you can get. It's great. If you can get it on your own time, where you don't have to be like, I have to mow the lawn because the lawn's long or we have plans or it's going to rain. Like, it's there's no better feeling. And also making sure that you don't clump your lawn. Like, if you're a new homeowner or that has happened to you, clean it up. We don't need to have lawn clumps, all right? We're better than this. We can make sure that our lawn is at a good length, um, that we bring up our wheels. Like, take some pride in the lawn. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. My lawn isn't perfect at all. But I ain't clumping my lawn. I saw one today that was just disgusting. Like, I wanted to piss on it. Like, I, I should have thrown my dog shit on it. It was gross. Like, we let, like let's just not have, like, clumps like we're, we have horses coming through. Okay? Can we at least do that? At least take a little bit of pride in our lawns? Because, yeah, you just have to. And so, yeah, I... Uh, I, I really enjoy mowing lawns. I did when I was younger, when I was a kid, doing it for my parents. And I would do it for my grandma and my old neighbor. Uh, shout out, Sue. So like, I, I've been mowing lawns for a long, long time. I, I love doing it, man. And I, I, my mower went down. It was so stressful. I was like, what am I going to do? And then thankfully, my guy Nate Dog had an extra mower. was able to bail me out. Uh, and that, that was really really great the thing's been running great now i have to get rid of my old one and of course i have to pour the gas and the oil out of it which is, again it's just just be a homeowner man you just you never like just have an empty project list you always have something uh so but that's another bitching segment for another time all right that does it we'll be back on thursday so we'll take a day off tomorrow uh you'll have mitch and me on Thursday. And then you'll have me alone again on Friday, breaking down the NFL schedule and who knows what else uh, that comes through the pipeline in the next couple of days. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a good Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, back Thursday. Uh, I just said that and I screwed up. All right, we'll see you then. Bye.